Welcome to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. My name's Tammy Simon. I'm the founder of Sounds True, and I'd love to take a moment to introduce you to the new Sounds True Foundation. The Sounds True Foundation is dedicated to creating a wiser and kinder world by making transformational education widely available. We want everyone to have access to transformational tools such as mindfulness, emotional awareness, and self-compassion, regardless of financial, social, or physical challenges. The Sounds True Foundation is a nonprofit dedicated to bringing the benefits of transformational education to communities in need, including at-risk youth, prisoners, veterans, and those in developing countries. To support the mission of the Sounds True Foundation, I'm thrilled to announce that we've just opened registration for our first ever in-person fundraiser, the Sounds True Gathering. This inaugural event will take place at the end of September in 2019 at the 1440 Multiversity in the Redwoods of California. This special three-day gathering is an opportunity to slow down to connect with nature and to connect with ourselves, to enjoy wisdom teachings, shared meals, and heart-opening music, and also have the chance to meet new friends from around the world. This inaugural event will feature a lineup of premier Sounds True teachers and artists, including John Kabat-Zinn, Sanatam Kar, Ruth King, Kristen Neff, Mark Nepo, Zainab Salbi, Adya Shanti, Sean Korn, and many more. And the best part is that 100% of the profits will go directly to support the important work of the Sounds True Foundation. This event will most likely sell out quickly. As a listener to Insights at the Edge, I wanted to make sure you heard about it first here. To learn more or reserve your spot, please visit soundstruefoundation.org forward slash event. Again, to learn more or reserve your spot at the Sounds True Foundation gathering, please visit soundstruefoundation.org forward slash event. You're listening to Insights at the Edge. It's my great joy to introduce you to your host for this special episode, the associate publisher of Sounds True, Jamie Schwab. Welcome back to Insights at the Edge, everyone. I'm Jamie Schwab, the associate publisher here at Sounds True, and I'm excited to be with you today. Tammy invited me to host this episode, not only due to my deep connection to the authors we'll be speaking with, but because as the mother of an almost four-year-old little girl, I'm literally living this content every day. While my life as a mother has had many of the expected highs and lows, what I didn't expect was how much my identity seemed to be absorbed by motherhood, and frankly, how lonely this journey would feel at times. And so many of the parenting resources available to me only perpetuated these feelings. And then I found Motherly, deep in the middle of the night while nursing my daughter, Reading the content on their site, I felt seen for the first time in a long time. Not only as a mother, but for all the things I am besides being a mother, too. It was as if they were whispering, we see you. You're still here. We're all still here. 
And it's messy, and it's beautiful, and it's frightening, and it's fabulous, and we're all in it together. And this is the gift of Motherly and Sounds True's new book, This is Motherhood. As you'll hear today, the Motherly brand is committed to redefining the mothering journey and empowering mothers all over the world. I want to acknowledge that many of you listening right now may not be mothers. But the reality is that everyone on this planet has a mother. Seeing our mothers more fully and providing them with more holistic support could change our society and generations to come. It could even change this world. And that is something to feel hopeful about. Now, without further ado, it's my true pleasure to introduce you to Jill Koziol and Liz Tennedy, the founders of Motherly and creators of our This Is Motherhood book. Jill and Liz, welcome to Insights at the Edge. Thank you so Thank much, Jane. So We're so happy to be here. Okay, well, let's get started. Liz, I want to start with you. I'd love for you to introduce our listeners to the Motherly brand and why you and Jill started the company. Thanks again, Jamie. This is a thrill and loved the way that you you spoke about how Motherly intersected with your own motherhood journey. Um, So I'm a mom of three. I have another baby on the way and um, realized about four years ago after my second son was born that that the idea of motherly was actually missing in my own life, that um, that the media environment uh, was really not keeping pace with the cultural moment of millennial women coming into motherhood. And around me, I was seeing highly educated, highly self-aware women becoming mothers and wanting a more positive, uplifting, expert-driven, modern approach to parenthood um, coming from the media. My background is as a journalist. I worked for about 10 years at the Washington Post and and knew that the way that we talk about motherhood um, just wasn't keeping pace with the lived reality. And I knew Jill. Our husbands went to business school together, but we were both working at the time. And, and I knew Jill, but I didn't um, know her quite well because we were both so busy as new mothers and also um, in our respective careers. But just about four years ago um, in March, I floated this idea to her to create a brand, really, that could represent this more positive, empowered um, whole woman approach to motherhood. And it just so happened that my interests and skill sets were perfectly matched with Jill's, who has a totally different background and skill set in many ways. Um, and, and it was kind of off to the races from there. That's great. Thank you. And yeah, what a momentum has been built by this company. I and mean, it's just amazing to see the response and that clearly you all have filled a need out in the market. Jill, do you want to speak to this as well? You know, in your eyes, I'd love to hear, like, what is motherly? And also, what is motherly not? Because I think you all have a really clear vision for that. And I'd love to hear you share more about that. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, So motherly has been has really evolved over over time. Um, we we launched out as as a media business, as Liz said, and always with the intent of of being a brand. 
that could solve this woman's deep and urgent needs across her entire journey of motherhood, from planning a pregnancy, um, through pregnancy, the toddler years and beyond, that we would grow with her um, through her journey. And for us, motherly and for our, this generation, motherhood and mother being motherly is an opportunity to nurture, not lose your true sense of self. And it's, that's a radical thing um, in our, in our culture. Um, the concept of motherly in the past has been motherhood has been around self-sacrifice and words like um, nurturing and caring and sacrifice are what one would associate with this concept of motherhood. And as Liz said, we didn't see that as being the full picture, um, that it really left us wanting and didn't feel like it was really defining us individually as mothers and really this entire generation beyond. And so motherly is about expanding that definition of what it means to be motherly. It's, it's allowing being driven to go alongside with being nurturing and being strong as well as, as caring. And so finding a way for those things to live together um, because truly this generation is incredibly diverse incredibly educated, and also the first that's digitally native and really this level of awareness um, of, of the resources that are available out there means that she has a lot of choices. And so we've tried to build a community and um, a brand that women can really relate to individually and that we all together can redefine what motherhood is. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And this idea of growing with her throughout that journey and in terms of nurturing the sense of self, I think as well, not only in the mothering experience, but as a digital, you know, digitally native uh, generation, so much of our sense of connection can be removed from one another, actually. And so I think the motherly brand has really helped to enhance connection versus what you often hear about the media experience, you know, sometimes being isolating. And so that's been really uh, meaningful to me as well. Now, I want to transition to the book a little bit here in terms of how this relates to your overall brand and this gift of nurturing mothers and their true sense of self. You know, This Is Motherhood is a collection of reflections and practices from a variety of voices, as you say, I mean, all these different perspectives about the journey of motherhood. And I think we've done a great job of not only providing inspiration and support and I think some shoulders to cry on along the way, but tools for all kinds of mothers and mothering experiences and you know, being written by mothers for mothers. This is an opportunity for all of us to see ourselves in this book, which I love so much. Um, you know, Jill, you've said that this book is an anthem, and I want to hear you speak more about this and what this means in terms of an anthem and also to um, the next kind of phase of Motherly as a Brand. Yes, I'm so proud of this book um, and what all of Teen Motherly and the Sounds True team has done together to bring this to life. Um, it is a way for us to bring the Motherly brand to life in, um, in physical form, to take that digital experience into the physical. And we are redefining motherhood. And so the title of this book called This is Motherhood is really us, you know, putting a stake in it and saying that this is motherhood. We are defining it together and it doesn't look the way that it did in the past. And so it was really important for us to, to have a variety of experiences um, from different cultures, different backgrounds, different ways in which women became mothers as well to be reflected in this book. And for us to be able to say that 
everyone is defining for themselves what motherhood looks like. And we are so proud that you, every woman we believe can see herself in this book as well. And so this concept of this being an anthem for us um, and really for this generation um, is, is what we've tried to pour our heart and soul into with this book. Um, at the end, it's an anthem, but it's also our love letter um, to, to mm-hmm. all the women that walk alongside this journey with us. Absolutely. You know, what a nice way to say that. And I also think that, you know, it's not only redefining the motherhood journey or motherly journey for all of us out there, but I've found that even engaging with the community, engaging with this book and these practices is helping me redefine all the time how I see myself as a mother and um, and what things actually are, quote unquote, motherly. And uh, what a gift to be able to have that sense of empowerment and to see ourselves in this variety of perspectives and so differently. This is Liz. Yeah. Can I just jump in on that piece? Please. Um, because, you know, we, we very deliberately wrote this book and sort of structured the book to be accessible to women at any point of the motherhood journey. And, you know, we I, per, I agree with you that I've found going back to even some of the practices that we have that just depending on what challenges you're having as a person, as a woman, as a mother in that season, that that we have these extra practices at the end of each chapter that give you a new way of, of finding purpose mm-hmm. and meaning in whatever stage you're in. And such a big part of why, frankly, I wanted to start Motherly and why we're also so proud of this book is that, you know, the stories that we tell as a culture about women and about motherhood, they, they shape us. But when those stories aren't true... Um, they negatively shape us. And we wanted to more accurately, you know, provide the real story about motherhood, that it's it's powerful, that it's transformative, and that it's not just one single event of becoming a mother when your first child is born, but all of the ways that that the challenge um, of this experience continue to redefine us and, and as human beings throughout our lives. And that for me, that's why, we're just so proud of it um, because it's telling like the true story of, of what motherhood really represents in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I want to speak about the self-care practices in just a minute because I know those are really meaningful for you, Liz. I want to hear from you and Jill about, you know, self-care in your own lives and how you practice that. But one thing that you've spoken about in terms of you know, the definitions or some of the assumptions that we inherit or absorb as mothers, you know, something that this book and that motherly kind of focuses on is how motherhood unites us in so many ways. And you know, that's rather than dividing us. And I think that when you look out into the culture and media, that's not always how mothering is portrayed. In fact, you know, I would imagine there are a lot of moms listening who would say that the mothering experience is actually filled with some unfortunate opportunities for judgment and comparison and, um, you know, the things that are not as nurturing and supportive as what you all are trying to create. And so I'd love to just speak a little bit more about how the book and Motherly as a Brand exemplifies this spirit of unity, you know, in your own eyes. So so this is Jill. Um, In many ways, the American nuclear family has killed the village. And we really felt like that is hard. Parenting, if anything, has gotten more challenging as as the rate of change in the world continues to accelerate and that we really felt like we need a village. Mm -hmm. You know, generations and generations through history have always had this village concept that was there to support women and families forever. 
And as that's gone away, specifically in the U.S., but really increasingly around the world, that this need for a digital village is really there. And that, yes, um, I experienced it myself also as a, as a working mom who at one point was a stay-at-home mom and transitioning those, really had a far, hard time feeling like there was judgment and, um, and things imposed on me that really impacted how I saw myself as a mother. And we exist, motherly exists as a way of really empowering women to make the choices that's best for their family. And so we, in this book and in all of our content, is not prescriptive, um, but rather is there to inform and inspire um, and to help women feel as though they can make the best decision for their families, to trust themselves, to see themselves at the end of the day that, um, with the confidence that they've got this. Mm -hmm. um, and doing that in a way that doesn't impose a value one way or the other on the choices that are made. Because at the end of the day, we are all as mothers and as parents trying to do the best that we can. Um, there's love at the core of every choice that we're making. And there are hard choices and challenges across the entire journey. And so we are here to to, to try to push forward this concept of like, you do you. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that doesn't have to be a judgment against a different choice that maybe I made in my family. Yeah, Jill, I love that. And this is Liz. So my background, again, was really in media and publishing. And what I realized is that this idea of the mommy wars wasn't just outdated, but was also, frankly, invented by... Um, media outlets to drive traffic mm -hmm. and page views and audience by outrage, by pitting women against one another. Um, and I think in a, in a very artificial way at times, I'm not saying that we can't be judgmental of one another and experience, you know, negative things in our real lives, but that it just wasn't really reflective culturally of how women you know, in general behave and, and see one another. And so that was a, a realization of like, that's just wrong. Women deserve better than, than media companies trying to anger them to drive an audience, right? And, and we thankfully have proven that we don't need to do that to talk about motherhood in a meaningful way. I also think that social media is playing a unique and constructive role in the representation of parenthood in the broader culture because for the first time, women are able to share snapshots and slices of real moments mm -hmm. as mothers that were effectively unseen, right? A, a, a funny story of potty training that they post on Facebook or a sweet moment at the end of the day that they share on Instagram. And that parents are, millennial parents in particular, are really giving an insight into the struggle and reality of parenthood and modern parenting. And because of that, what we see is, is a surge of empathy and largely non-judgment of people saying you're doing the best that you can or what we hear so much at Motherly when we share our, our stories and the stories of our community is I needed this today. I, I don't feel so alone anymore. And that idea of using the digital experience to help people not feel so alone is just so powerful and real and unique to this generation. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think as you're saying, you know, these similarities that are between our experiences are common among our experiences. You know, it's not so much of like, are you breastfeeding? Or are you bottle feeding? Or did you have a natural birth or a medicated birth? You know, are you working? Or are you not? I mean, we're all in this, you know, the similarities, you know, far outweigh some of those differences that we have. And, mm-hmm. and I think that so much of the, the stories that you're telling on the site and also through this book are really, you know, there's a commonality that we can continually see this thread, you know, of, you know, frankly, some of the funny and raw and, you know, in my world, sometimes absurd parts of being a mother, you know, are all represented there and are really true. And they're celebrated as opposed to, you know, being seen as oppositional. Absolutely. We are always looking at what are the real, the balance of what are the real struggles that women go through, the real achievements they celebrate. And so much of it is universal. It's, mm-hmm. it's unique to your story, but it also connects to this universal sort of undefinable experience of, of motherhood. It's, it's also, this is Jill, one of the things that I think also sets this book apart and our approach to motherhood apart is that we are woman-centered versus baby-centered and that this is one of the first times that women have stood up and said, and you're culturally at this time and said, like, see me too. See, see not just me as this vessel for this baby, but also see my importance in growing this child and in caring for this child and mm-hmm. the importance of, of the health and well-being of mom and, and really starting to, to put motherhood up on the pedestal where it belongs as well. And to, for the first, what feels like the first time to really see mom as a woman mm-hmm. as well as a mom. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, I want to get back to this concept of self-care, you know, and uh, and seeing each other or seeing ourselves, you know, as, as something that is worthy of care. It's not us after, you know, all the things in our lives and after everyone else is cared for. You know, this concept, as we are always hearing of, you know, put your own mask on first, you know, on the plane, you know, taking care of yourself so you are able to show up not only for your family, but for yourself in ways that nurture you. And, you know, Liz, I know that in the process of creating the book together, self-care practices and journaling exercises were really important to you, as you've already mentioned here. And I just want to speak more about, you know, the importance of that in your mind. And also, I want to hear about, you know, self-care practice in your own life and what that looks like. Absolutely. Well, I am a self-care work in progress, but absolutely it was critical for us in this book to not just give women space. To, to reflect, to see other stories that reflect their own experiences, to read about, to read about other stories. Um, you know, for example, we have um, a woman who've ex- who experienced infertility sharing a story about her own journey. I, I have not gone through that experience, yet some of the takeaways and lessons she learned along the way were incredibly powerful and meaningful to me as a woman. So finding those those insights and and sort of moments of wisdom from all of those stories um, is really, to me, a powerful experience when you get at the diversity that we're representing here. Mm -hmm. But we didn't just want to inspire women. We didn't just want to give them different perspectives. We also wanted to kind of leverage what is always a motherly approach, which is working with experts to give women you know, easier access to tools that they can use to be truly more empowered in their daily lives. And what we determined in this book is that those were going to be called these practices Mm -hmm. and these 10 practices at the end of every chapter that guide women through 
some, some reflective practice that they can then journal about and put into, put into practice in their daily lives. There's many that I, I love from the book. Um, one certainly sticks out um, in light of a conversation we had, we're having about the role of the village, just mm-hmm. to share one example. Um, in this case, the idea here is that, as Jill mentioned, the traditional concept of the village has, has gone away, and yet mothers need that village more than ever. And so we have a women's health coach walking the reader through how to think about, define, own her own village. It's actually nine different steps that she can take. One of them that I love so much, and this relates to, for me personally on, on how I've sort of interpreted this, is number six, which is do your part and only your part. Mm-hmm. So it's tempting to fill our lives to the brim only doing your part is key. So to me, that that has, for me, gotten into my own practice. But having experts guide us simplifies what can be an overwhelming time in our lives. It doesn't mean every piece of advice works for us. But we try to pre- present a diversity of types of experts um, to help women in those different areas that they might really be struggling. Yeah. So for me personally... Um, I can certainly share more about, you know, how what I personally consider self-care. Please. Um, and in the context of this book. Um, I think probably my favorite chapter is the simplified chapter. And it is really all about giving ourselves permission to not have to do all the things all the time. And it sounds basic, but from a self-care perspective, I had to learn how to give myself permission to go to bed early enough, you know, in the day that it felt like for me that I could never be done. Of course, I'm never done. I'm a mother. I help run a business. Um, There's always more work to do. But on a very basic level, learning how to let myself go to bed, um, Mm -hmm. that that is a very important practice in self-care that um, I learned and also refined through working at, at Motherly. Hi friends, my name is Jono Fisher. I'm the Executive Director of the Sounds True Foundation. The Sounds True Foundation is a new non-profit organization dedicated to bringing the benefits of transformational education to communities in need, including at-risk youth, prisoners, veterans, and those in developing countries. Some students from Southwest Uganda recently wrote to us and said, In spite of war and violence, Sounds True's materials are helping us really change. We can laugh more. We believe in life again. We can love again. And we are even beginning to allow forgiveness and compassion to enter our consciousness. If you'd like to learn more about how the Sounds True Foundation is helping change lives or to become a supporter, please visit soundstruefoundation.org.
Yeah, that's really, really helpful. And I mean, I think that permission to see ourselves and to prioritize what our needs are, you know, um, it's really tempting to, well, I can do this one more thing. And this is my only time to myself. And so I you know, commend you for that. And it's something I'm working on in my own life, too. Jill, I want to hear from you. What's your uh, self-care experience? And I don't know if you have anything you want to highlight from the, the book um, in this regard as well. Yes. So one of the mantras that we have at Motherly and that I try to, to live myself is that self-care is not selfish mm-hmm. um, and that it, it really is required. Um, we have to, we, we can't put ourselves at the bottom every time. We can't make sure that we show up last for ourselves. And um, as Liz said, it's, it's a work in progress always, um, especially as mothers um, that are nurturing and caring for, for so many others' needs. Um, but for me, um, you know, about a year after we launched, um, or I guess a year after our first conversation and about three months after we first launched Motherly, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And that was a really defining moment for me um, that I first actually write about publicly in this book, um, This is Motherhood. And through that experience, um, despite being very blessed to have amazing access to medical care and the fact that I will never hopefully fully develop MS, it it really shook me to my core to realize that I was not taking care of myself across a wide variety of things. Um, There was certainly the stress and the work related to launching a business like Mm -hmm. Motherly, um, which is all consuming. Um, It was also having two young children and just always putting myself last. Um, And so I did make some changes along the way. And um, for me, it is about finding small moments in my life to, to exercise self-care, whether that's actually going for a walk while on a conference call. Um, it's taking that 30 minutes, you know, turbo yoga class. <laughs> um, it's, it's also, um, knowing the power of saying no. Um, I think that, um, for me personally, and I think for a lot of women, um, Saying no can often seem that we can't handle or take on something can feel like weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've learned that that can actually be a, a point of strength. Um, and that one of the easiest um, ways to actually protect oneself is to not even say no immediately, just when, when asked to do something, whether it is to run that bake sale or take on that new initiative at work, um, rather than immediately saying yes or even immediately saying no just taking that moment to say, that sounds like a wonderful opportunity. Let me think on it and get back to you. Um, And allowing yourself that grace of a moment of self-reflection for me has allowed me to figure out how I want to prioritize that, that, that option in my life. And, you know, what do I have to get rid of in order to do that thing? Um, Or, you know, what those trade-offs are like. Um, and it allows me to to come back and to feel confident when I do say no about something mm-hmm. or to also feel really confident when I choose to say yes and to take on something more that I'm able to give it my all uh, without sacrificing my own health um, or the other things that I prioritize in my life. Um, so for me, that, that ability and that power of no um, and knowing how to do it to exercise that muscle um, has really been um, a really freeing form of self-care for me. That's great and something I'm sure so many moms can relate to. Yeah, go ahead, Liz. I know I just wanted to add one one element as well. Um, so within that simplified chapter, we have um, an essay, and the title here is See Yourself the Way Your Child Sees You. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I love this essay because it's, it's so freeing. 
um, in, in the things that we can get wrapped up in. And it, it's a really beautiful reflection, but it also reminds me, uh, and I think this is a core value of what we represent at Motherly, that we need to mother ourselves as well. And in all the ways that we make sure our children get enough rest and have time for fun and don't spend too much time on their screens. It's a realization that mothers need to be mothered as well and, and having a self-awareness around that, that we deserve all of the balance and, and care that we provide for our children that just as much because we are also running, in many cases, running these households and we need to be strong, rested and resilient in order to be there for the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I love this, like the theme that we keep coming back to in terms of mothers deserving more. Um, and I love that that's a priority, you know, for you all and for the brand. I think something that is also such a gift in terms of the perspective shared in this book. And Jill, it's one of the essays that you wrote, you touched on the fact that, you know, you're still learning to be a mom. And I've, I've really held on to that and use that in my own life in so many ways. I feel like, all of a sudden, we're mothers, and we're expected to know how to do it, <laughs> and to be perfect in, the, in that journey, and to be, you know, all knowing and prepared, and to anticipate all the different needs. And the reality is that we've never done this before, and um, and that that grace, you know, that that invitation that you provided in your essay about, I'm still learning to be a mom, you know, and sharing that with your daughter. I've shared it with my own daughter now. That really resonates with her. She's like, "You are." I said, "You're learning how to be a human. I'm learning how to be a mom. We're in this together." But what a gift, you know, to allow mothers to relax into that realization as well that this is literally a practice. It's so it's so crazy to me, uh, Jamie, how much pressure we put on ourselves. And 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 to be truthful, it, were it not for motherly, I would not have taken the time to reflect and to see the amount of pressure I was putting on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so motherly has been such a gift to me, honestly, and and to my family and. So this this essay that you're that you're referencing, um, I mean, I smile and almost tear up when you reference it because it has been so transformative for my family um, and to my relationship with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I um, I had an experience when I wasn't at my best um, with my daughter when she was only about three years old, and I think I had raised my voice or had just been too hard on her. And when I saw how she crumbled under that and, and how, what an impact I was having on her, I, in the past, would have berated myself for that. I would have taken days, right? I would have just, you know, been bad mom, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things that we have coming at ourselves a lot. And instead, I just took that moment to be really, really real with her and sit down and tell her that, that you know, I'm sorry, um, you know, I apologized to her and I explained to her and even three that, that I, you know, all the things that she was going through for the first time, that I'm going through them as a mom for the first time and that I'm not going to get it right every time too. And that everybody makes mistakes and we're going to make a lot of mistakes together um, mm-hmm. along the way. And, you know, for your daughter who's four and mine, who I think was three at the time, it's amazing how powerful that can be for for the relationship and for each of us as individuals. Um, Claire, my eldest, takes such pride in the fact, she talks about it still, um, now at almost seven years old, that she is helping teach mommy how to be a mommy. And um, it's it's really strengthened our relationship. Um, and yes, has freed me up from, from this 
this vision of perfection that I was never going to meet. Um, and I think there's more authenticity and more realness and, and real love um, in our relationship as a result. Yeah, and what a gift to give to our children as well in terms of you know allowing us all to show up and, and have an authentic human experience that is not always perfect. And so we're going to make mistakes and, and model mistakes being made and allow that to be an invitation for them as well to have a genuine you know, and authentic human experience. So, well, thank you for that. It's been really meaningful for me, and it's something I carry around all the time in my heart as a reminder. You know, before we move on, I want to ask about just the culture at Motherly as, as a brand, because I know there's so many things that you all stand for in terms of values. And as a business, how do you help, you know, influence or bring those values into the people who work at the company? So, so this is Jill. This is so critical um, to what we're doing. Um, we are very proud to be for women by women at Motherly. Um, we are living and breathing this, this motherhood experience, this experience of women every single day um, and creating, we, we strive every day to create a culture inside motherly on what we call you know, team motherly um, that is inclusive, that is empowering, and that is also really authentic. Um, and we do that in a lot of ways um, that are you know, tangible and intangible. Um, some of the tangible things that we do, though, um, are um, we are a 100% remote organization. Um, we are really trying to create this next generation workplace that can enable parents to thrive. And so we really try to talk about work-life integration um, versus balance mm -hmm. and, and finding ways to ensure that you know, a breastfeeding mom um, can be working, you know, with you know, feeding their child and, um, and on a conference call um, with us or a video conference call, which is something we try as a remote company to leverage a lot. Um, so that's one of those things. Um, we also are here to celebrate, you know, the, the small and the big moments in each other's lives, um, whether it's buying a first home or, um, you know, a child's first step or first day of kindergarten, you know, those, those real moments in, in, in women and families' lives, um, really being there to support those um, and encouraging each other through all of them. Um, another thing around the culture of motherly is the fact that we put our users and their deep needs at the center of every single decision that we make. Um, we are a brand um, that we are monetizing. We are a business. Um, and so when we work with other brands to, to reach and to talk to our, um, our audience, we don't talk about just creating wins for, for motherly and for that brand or that customer of ours, but we always talk about how to also create wins for our mom, um, for our user. Um, and that is at the center of every single decision that we make. Um, and it's something that we're really, we're really proud of. Um, and we feel like the, that is reflected in our community and the loyalty that they have for us as a response, as a, as a response to that. Mm -hmm. this, this, if I could add one more thing, this is Liz. Um, we also, we will talk, we also talk a lot internally, but also externally and in the book about superpowers. And I think for me and Jill, um, we, we, we did have parallel lives before we met, but we are incredibly different kinds of women, kinds of, Mothers, um, we have very different professional skill sets, and we've discovered that truly playing to our superpowers um, at work 
is is sort of like part of our secret sauce. Like I know what I do best. I defer to Jill what she does best. And that value is one that we've taken to our company as well, like really celebrating people's superpowers and helping them find and hone their superpowers. And I would add that that is absolutely something that is a core value of motherly, like in the world, that we really believe that motherhood helps bring out superpowers in us often that we didn't even know were there. And for every woman, that is something different. And that we just want to be here to celebrate what it is for you. And so that the strength of, of those superpowers is what we talk about with Team Motherly in the world and also internally as co-founders and, and with our team. Well, and it's it's also here, it sounds true now, because we've been talking about it on our team since working with you all. And what I love about it is not only celebrating, you know, these gifts that sometimes you know, emerge as part of motherhood, but also seeing your strengths as superpowers. I think that oftentimes it's a given, you know, and something that we just kind of like we take for granted and um, being able to recognize that in ourselves and in one another is just yet another gift of this experience of working with you all. Okay, I'm going to transition to um, something a little more personal here as we come toward the end of the, the time together. And as you all know, this podcast is called Insights at the Edge. And in the program, we're always trying to explore our edges in terms of our own growth trajectory as people and humans in this world. You know, for example, my own growing edge is really slowing down um, and ensuring that I'm taking the time to deeply connect with my daughter and my husband. And that in all my interactions with them, I'm prioritizing our relationship, not all like the shoulds that live constantly in my life, but, but them and, and us and trying to lead with love. So my daughter always feels seen and loved in my interactions with her and my husband as well. And, you know, as a person who prides myself on crushing to-do lists and getting things done, you know, slowing down to experience life with more presence is my own growing edge. And I want to hear from you all uh, about the growing edges in your life. Um, So Liz, do you want to start us off? Absolutely. Um, Well, actually, Jamie, you introduced me to Tiffany Dufu, who Mm -hmm. um, wrote the book, Drop the Ball. And I actually recently interviewed her for our own podcast, the Motherly Podcast. And her her, her philosophy of, of not worrying about doing it all Um, And focusing on, frankly, what your superpowers are, where you can make the biggest impact in your family life, what you want to go big on in life, and what you can let go of. For me, that's that's where I'm finding a lot of personal growth and meaning and challenge. I'm about to have my fourth baby. I'm the co-founder of a startup. Um, My life is incredibly full. And so for me, it's about learning how to be in in almost a disciplined way and, frankly, Discipline is not a superpower of mine, and it, but so in a disciplined way, just being incredibly intentional about how I spend my time. Um, that means not mindlessly scrolling through social media. It means going to bed early. It means having clarity of purpose at work. Um, it's incredibly easy to try and crush through the to-do list, just like you mentioned, Jamie, but being so focused and intentional on where I'm making a difference at work, where I'm making a difference in the world, where I'm making a difference at home with my family, um, and what I want to really focus on with my children. That is a moment-to-moment challenge that 
that is really top of mind for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And so, so relatable. Jill, what about you? So I would say, you know, it's, it's the start of a new year still, 2019. Um, to Liz's point, we are incredibly busy women. And one of the things that I'm seeing as a growth opportunity for me is, is to focus on one of the most important relationships in my life, which is with my spouse, um, with my husband. And that we have five and seven-year-old daughters. We both have incredibly intense careers. And we're coming up on, you know, a, you know, almost a decade of being married. And during that time, it's so easy to let the relationships with children take over and, you know, work and other things to always take priority, similar to self-care. Um, and I'm really focused on kind of my edge right now is nurturing that relationship um, and making sure that we're finding time for each other. Um, because in many ways, as, as a family, our time with our children is actually a, a gift that's, that's limited in time um, and that the, li- the gift that we have for the rest of our lives is with our spouse, with our partner. And so making sure that I'm taking that time um, to be purposeful and present with him um, and that we're prioritizing that relationship because that's the biggest gift that we can give ourselves and, and frankly, our children. Um, and so we're really we're really being a lot more intentional thinking about that. And, and I should say we have that gift now in part because our youngest child is five um, and the physicality of parenthood is not um, what it used to be for us. And so um, we have a little bit more of an opportunity to do that now. Um, but I'm really excited to, to be pushing ourselves um, to, to make sure that we're really connected along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that can get lost you know, on this journey as well. Okay, my final question for each of you, because we've been talking a lot about superpowers, actually, is what are each of your superpowers? And, you know, how did you come to see them and experience them in your life? And did you identify them for yourself? Did you have some help identifying them? Just what was your experience of that unfolding? Jill, do you want to start? Sure. Um, we, we talk so much about superpowers. Um, there's, there's really two, um, I'd say, um, that that kind of show up a lot in my life right now. Um, one is from my consulting days. Um, so I was a consultant um, for a dozen years. And um, when one is a consultant, you have to jump from project to project along the way and really kind of have that mind space shift quite often. And I found that that is an amazing superpower, um, the, especially in a startup as well as in parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to compartmentalize um, information and um, even emotion in in some things so that work doesn't necessarily have to carry over into that moment with my children so that I can be really present with them and that I can shift from, from one challenge to another on the work side of things. Um, that has been a superpower that I feel like parenthood has strengthened. My consulting days um, have, you know, it helped create. And that is really key to success for me um, at Motherly right now is the ability to compartmentalize. Um, and then the second one I'd say um, is actually around brand um, and really understanding the power of brand when building a business. Um, and for us at Motherly, we weren't setting out to, to build a media company or to build a product company. We were really setting out to build a brand that could have generational longevity, that could, could be here for a really long time, um, and that women um, and families could take on as their own and really define it for themselves. 
And so it's something that I'm, I mean, Jamie, I think through this book process, you can attest to this. I'm pretty <laughs> obsessive around, around brand. Um, but Not I do you. Take that on as Not you. <laughs> no, I'm cheesing. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I take that on, I take that superpower on as being one of my roles at Motherly is to be custodian of our brand. Um, and I think that it's one of the reasons um, that we've been able to grow and to be able to translate now this digital brand into a physical good brand through through the book um, as a starting point for that. Yeah, I, and I really, I actually really admire, you know, how much clarity you have around the brand and how able you are to hold that in the highest regard and how much you all have done to define that. And you put so much care and attention to that. And so I think, you know, I'm teasing you in terms of how stringent you all are in some ways about maintaining the brand, but it has really served you well. And frankly, it's a beautiful brand. And so it's something that's worth, you know, getting behind in a big way. So kudos on that. Thank you. Yeah. Now, Liz, what about you? What are your superpowers? Well, I'm laughing over here because, um, Never in a million years would the things Jill described be used to describe me. Um, I, I think that's a very good thing for us. But um, it's actually hard for me to describe the first superpowers. I'm also gonna I'm also gonna name two. Um, I think I'm really good at identifying how things connect together in our business in ways that. Um, that are hard to see or not obvious. And um, to toot my own horn for a second, Jill and I just pulled up a recent email of what the original idea for Motherly that I sent her um, over email almost four years ago. And the vision that I was sort of laying out of where women's needs were intersecting with evolving businesses and an evolving media environment, like I kind of nailed it. You know, I was really excited to see that we're really living up to the vision of what was kind of living around in my head. But I knew, but it truly needed Jill and her like operations understanding and, and clarity to help bring motherly to life. But I think sort of seeing those intersections in the world is, is a superpower of mine. Secondarily, I would add, I think that um, understanding digital audiences and just having a laser sharp content focus an understanding of the power of digital content is a superpower of mine, but it's, it's also something that I've honed for a decade. And so, you know, to anyone listening, it's superpower doesn't mean that you, you were born knowing how to do this thing. M maybe it intersects with a natural talent of yours, but I have been running digital media operations for 10 years and it is an incredibly intense um, data-driven experience. And so when you do that over time, you develop, it's a muscle, it's an intuition. And I'm really proud that I've been able to bring that skill set to motherly in a way that helps serve the daily needs of validating and encouraging women. The funny thing about that, Liz, is I was just thinking you often say you've been doing it for 10 years, but it was 10 years before Motherly, and you are doing that every single day. So it's actually 14 years now we are getting old, exactly. is what that means. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mother of four. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And this is only uh, a few of the superpowers that you all have in my experience. So thanks so much for outlining those. And also just for encouraging all of us to think in that way. You know, I find that really liberating and, and validating to recognize that we all have these within us. Absolutely. Well, what a wonderful conversation today. Thanks so much for 
your authenticity and for really showing up today for the conversation. And I also just want to express my gratitude for building such an amazing community and resource for mothers, um, myself personally, of course, in terms of how I found you all, but for so many millions of women now. So thank you for being here with us. And thank, thank you, Jamie, for the opportunity. You, you've been, you and Sounds True have been an amazing partner through this experience, and I'm so excited that it's just the beginning. Yes, indeed. I've been speaking with Jill Koziol and Liz Tennedy, who created This Is Motherhood, a new book from Sounds True and Motherly. This Is Motherhood will be released on March 12, 2019, and it will be available everywhere you like to buy books. This book was such a pleasure to work on and a true heart project for me personally, and I hope you enjoy reading it. For Sounds True and Insights at the Edge, I'm Jamie Schwab. Thanks so much for listening today. Thanks for listening to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. At Sounds True, we are dedicated to creating a wiser and kinder world by making transformational education widely accessible. The new Sounds True Foundation exists to remove financial barriers and make sure that people in communities of need have access to transformational tools and teachings. You can find out more at SoundsTrueFoundation.org. I also want to invite you to our first in-person Sounds True gathering, which is a fundraiser for the new Sounds True Foundation. Join us and connect with some of your favorite Sounds True authors in the beautiful redwood forests outside of Santa Cruz. It's a three-day experience filled with learning, inspiration, nature, and connection. It's all happening September 26th through the 29th, 2019. To learn more or reserve a ticket, just visit soundstruefoundation.org forward slash event. Again, that's soundstruefoundation.org forward slash event. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you next time. Soundstrue.com, waking up the world.